You're about to listen to a sermon by Reverend John Cramper, head pastor of the Shekinah Temple of the International Central Gospel Church, Akosumbu. We hope that this sermon will be a blessing to you. I'm preaching on what I've entitled, you are the light of the world, which is part of our team, influence, still under influence, and also I think we see it in our declaration. You are the light. Amen. So, the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 to 16, I read. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket. But on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. So, just like Jesus was continuing his message on the mount, or what we normally call the beatitude, but the beatitude comes up to verse 12, but here he's talking about some characters and other things we need to do. And he uses the sword and then the light. I want to try and define light. In this verse or this short passage of scripture, I'm going to talk on some things because from 14 to 16, there are about how many verses? Three verses. But there is a lot there. For me, there is a lot there. Because you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill, it cannot be hidden. Nor do they lamp, uh, uh, light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let me first try to talk about the light. Webster Dictionary defines light as something that makes vision possible. That's a simple definition Webster Dictionary is given. You can talk about rays and all those things, which I don't think we need it. We don't need that. Because after light, we all know light. Amen. But just try to let it understand. Light also means brightness, illumination. And I'll talk about illumination. I need that one. I love it. Radiance, glow, etc. Light represents influence. But this influence is only possible through the distinctive character of the agent itself. Now, but what I mean is that even though light will present um, influence, whoever that is, the light is working through, the person's character is important. You need to be distinctive so that the light will influence people. Otherwise, it becomes... It's nothing. Amen. The statement of Jesus speaks of our role in the world. So if Jesus said that you are the light of the world, that is our role. The Christian role is that we should shine. We should be the salt. So somebody will say, if salt is the same as we have to affect the world, what about the light? They are all about affecting the world. 
one great man said, the Christian life is something very high. It carries us nearer to heaven and places us in a view and as a mark. In other words, the Christian life, or to be a Christian, is something very high. Very high. It doesn't matter somebody is maybe the president of the world. If you're president of the world and you don't have Christ in you, somebody who may be poor and have Christ in him or her, the person's life is lifted high. So God has put us very high. When you say you are the light of the world, it means that we are high. And he said that we are as a mark, a mark, which you can think about, you can say that a standard or something everybody can look up to. It is something that is set there, which cannot be hidden. It is a mark. So I say Christ uses us to diffuse the light of life throughout the universe like sun. The sun rays as we go out right now gives us light. It's very high. But you see, it throws light all over. And that's how God does. Jesus uses us as the light of life to affect the universe. Remember in the book of John chapter 1 verse 9, he talks about life and the light. And he said, this is the true light that gives to every man light comes into the world. So the light even gives us life. So when Jesus is talking about you are the light of the world, it's not just for saying sake. And we should be able to understand where we are placed. We are in a higher level. There are so many things we are supposed to do. We have big responsibility. It's not just a slogan to be a Christian. Somebody say, when you hear things like this, then you become very careful. Though you enjoy Christianity, you must also know that it goes with responsibility. If we are called the light of the world, then we cannot allow darkness to control us. We cannot allow darkness to control us. Darkness should not take over. Because if you are light, light does so many things. And we can't allow darkness to control us. Anytime we try as much as we can to act according to Jesus' words, the light of the world, we manifest our heavenly nature. If you want to be the light of the world, God will help you. So we begin to manifest. You manifest Christ in you. You manifest the nature that God has placed in you. And that is where you shine. That's where we shine. I'm not going to rush in this because if I don't finish, I'll continue. Don't worry. I want you to understand the position very well. The first thing I want to talk about is that we have some six common things that goes with light. Very simple. There can be other things, but I just want to narrow in about some few of them. You are the light of the world. A city set on the hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light lamp and put it under a basket. But they put it on a lampstand so that it will throw light for the whole house to benefit from the light. It means that 
being the light, you are to benefit the world. But let's look at naturally some simple things that goes with light. One, light brings life to things and help them to glow. To glow. Now let's take for instance plants. A great expert, Dr. Dr. Paddy and um, Mr. Anani, if I miss it, correct me. Amen. <laughs> so we, we know that even when we take plant, for instance, plant needs some light so that they will become strong. They will grow and become as we want it to be. Light helps the plant not only to resurrect, but also to glow. When I mean to glow, to blossom, to show forth, to let it be good. I'm somebody who likes a lot of um, what you call flowers. And when I was in Suhum, I used to put the natural one. I, I, I'm not so much fancy about the artificial. I like the natural. And I, I used to put them in my room, the hall, and then you know all this kind of thing. And I realized that after some time, even though I'm watering and doing all that I have to do, the thing was dying. I didn't understand. And I'll keep on asking why. Sometimes I would just, you know, replant the thing and all that. Until one day, um, autoculturists came around and said, oh, Pastor, I said, why, why this plant is dying like that? I've been watering and watering and watering. Sometimes I water it, I tell you, you know, the whole room is full. I didn't know what I was doing. They said, fine, you can water it, but they also need some light. And I was asking, does it mean I have to be putting on my light 24 hours a day? You know, so I have to change my, my, my thinking that I can put plants in a dark place and they will all be as they are. But I don't know whether they have plants that will, will, will grow very well in the darkest place. But maybe they have, I don't know. But that was my experience. So when the guy told me that, I said, okay. So what he said is that, the pastor, what you can do is that from time to time you can bring it out to receive light. So I have to take that plant which is, you know, burning and dying fast. Bring it out for some time, watering and watering. And I realized that the plant was getting strained and it started standing. I said, ah, oh, I see. So light gives things, bring life to things, and also makes it glow. It makes it glow. It becomes so beautiful. One of the plants I like so much, but I don't like it at a certain point, is rose. It's very beautiful when it starts and it starts giving up the flowers and all the very nice, but after some time, ah, when rose starts falling down, you ask, what is this? Is that what we call rose? Amen. But my word is that light gives life to things. Every human being will love light. When the light goes off, for some of us, it's as if the word is taken out from us or the word is coming to an end. We don't like darkness. Light gives us that glow. Two, it penetrates and transforms darkness. 
light penetrates and transforms darkness. When light gets through darkness, darkness cannot resist it. It will turn darkness around. That is light. So when Jesus is saying, you are the light of the world, look at it. He wants you to give life to things. Human beings make sure the world becomes so beautiful. We must let our lives also penetrate through the darkness and transform it. Number three, light cannot be seen in darkness. Even though the light can go through darkness, you cannot find light in darkness. In other words, like Jesus said, and the light shines in the darkness and darkness comprehended it not. It goes through darkness, but you cannot find light in darkness. It reveals the true shape of things. For instance, if we have something here and you don't see it well and there's some darkness around, the moment you get a torchlight or you get a light on it, ah, oh, this is how the thing is. Light gives the true shape of things. And the last one I want to say is that light gives direction or shows the way. With light, we see direction. It gives us the way. It tells us this is where you are going. That is light. So if I'm just to even close at this point, when Jesus said that you are the light of the world, it means one, he's saying that we should give life to things and help them to glow. We should learn to penetrate through darkness of the world and transform the world. Though we will go through the darkness, we will go through the world as Jesus himself described the darkness, but darkness cannot hold us through us. The true shape of the world must be seen. People should know and understand what the world is really is. That is why we are alive. As I said last week, God did not leave us here to enjoy ourselves. God did not leave us here to just get things and be so excited. There is a mission and our mission is to affect the world. Our mission is that God will use us to show people the way, to let people know the right things, to turn it in the way he wants it to be. And if we are going to be really the light of the world and shine and affect the world and let the light through upon the whole world and affect lives, then we must also know what the light is all about. What the light represents I want to show you some few things in the Bible so that you know your position very well. One, light represents God's presence and activity. It represents God's presence and activity. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, we see it there very clear. Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 gives us some kind of understanding. It says what? Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. 
If you are to start from verse 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. Light also means that it's good. Light is not a bad thing. He said, it's good. And God divided the light from the darkness. When darkness took over, God said, no, I must work. I should be seen. This is not what I wanted. This is not my desire. In my plan, I don't plan the world to be chaos and full of darkness. I want to see light. So Bible says, he said, let there be light. And he divided the light from the darkness. By five said that God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. So here you clearly see God at work here. His presence was there. And his activity, his works. Light represent God's presence. And his activity. In other words, Jesus is telling us that if I am the light of the world, then wherever I step, his presence must be seen. People should see the presence of God, they should feel the presence of God, they should know the presence of God, and they should see the activities of God. Whatever I do there must represent the work of God. I don't go to my office, I don't go to school, I don't go to anywhere without that presence of God. And that presence of God is inside us. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus said that you are the light of the world, he knew what he was talking about because he has come to live in you and he is the true light as the Bible says. And so since he is the true light and he lives in you, the light lives in you and he just wants us to reflect that light which is in us. So wherever we step, wherever we go, we must see, we represent his presence. Like a friend of mine said so many years ago, he said, wherever I go to preach, the moment I step there, I say to myself, royalty has arrived. Royalty has arrived. Because Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. So wherever I stand, the moment I stand the place, boom, I say to myself, royalty has arrived. The throne of God is here. So if light represents God's presence and his activity, then if I am the light of the world, then wherever I stand, God must be seen there. His work should be seen. That will give me the understanding that then, when I step in a place, I see myself that I am not there by myself. I'm not there by my own reason. I'm not there by my own purpose and for what I want to get. But I'm there with a mission that comes from God. Then we can be the light of the world. But as it is now, sometimes we think that we are just in the world, just, just living and moving and eating and drinking and acquiring things and doing all those things. And one day we will die and go. Like just a prophet will look at you and say, oh, you know what? The way I see you, you are going to die one day. You will die one day. You will definitely die one day. If you grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, what will be your end? You will die. Amen. 
But you see, sometimes we don't, we don't even look at those things. But we are here with a mission. And for me, these two missions are very important. The salt of the earth, the light of the world. The light of the world will let you spread the gospel. You want to shine. Wherever you see light, you must understand that God is not interested about darkness in that place. When darkness sees light, it must flee. It must flee. That will also give you understanding that if you are somebody who is a Christian, you see yourself as light. And they say there are powers of darkness here. When you step there, you must say to yourself, light has arrived. Light has arrived. And darkness cannot stand light. Darkness cannot overcome light. If a Christian is afraid of the powers of darkness like witches and wizards and small, small, and what do you call them, um, Imotia and all those people, then check your lights. Because you must arrive. You are reflecting that light which Jesus has given you. It is not you. It is Christ who lives in you. And that is where his work must be seen. The activity of God should be clear. Light also represents good things. As I said in the verse 4. It represents good things. But let me just take you to the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 79. Talking about John the Baptist. The Bible said that when John the Baptist was conceived. The father became dumb. And when the boy was born. Then God opened the mouth of the father. And when the father started speaking, the Bible says there was a prophetic unction upon Zachariah. And Zachariah started prophesying. He started prophesying about the son. And that's what some people don't like. But then God does it by his own way. And Bible said that when he got to this one, listen to what he said. He said, to give light, you son, you will give light to those who sit in darkness and the shadow of what? Death. To guide our feet into the way of peace. Is this a bad thing? When you step where there is darkness, good things must happen. People should have hope. When Jesus said, you are the light of the world, it means that the world will look to us for hope. The world must look to the church for acceptance. We must produce good things. We are agents of good things. We produce good things. We don't produce bad things. That is what the light does. That is why one day when the disciples told Jesus that, let us call fire. Jesus said, you don't know the kind of spirit you are made up of. That is why I don't believe in judgmental prayers. And I thank God that God doesn't answer judgmental prayers. I'm very happy. That's why I said some time ago that God hears all prayers. He listens to them very well, but he doesn't answer all of them. And you must get that thing clear. It's not all your prayers God will answer. It is hard. But that is the truth. Could you imagine what would have happened? The way people annoy you, the way you are so quick-tempered person. And God is to answer every prayer. Even in your thoughts. What would have happened in the well? Your own siblings by now, they were gone. All of them. All of them. Amen. So light will represent good things will let us know that there's something good here. When the children of Israel were in that darkness without hope, they didn't know what to do. When John came, 
It was a blessing to them. They said, wow. And people didn't know, but this is the one that was sent. Before the Lord. Jesus Christ. And you read the book of, uh, the same Luke chapter 2, then Jesus owned to also came. When he was taken into the temple. Light produces good things. Good things. We need to learn how to illuminate the world. Give the world some kind of light. Lumens are very important. As a matter of fact, when you read that verse, the light of the world in chapter 5 of Matthew verse 14, the word light from the original means luminous. In other words, we illuminate. And let me just give you an example so that you understand. Do you know the reason why they closed this door? How many of you know why they closed the door? Why? The sun was too much. Now, why can't we open the door and see clearer? Because the lumens of the projector is what? Lower. Not strong. If we get a good lumens, we don't need to close this door. And that is what it means. If you produce good lumens, things will be done right. We are like little, little, little. Let me explain it this way. Like, like, like some powers somewhere. Some powers fully generated to produce light wherever there is darkness. If you like, you can say to yourself you are like a, a power bank. You are just a standby. If even you are a simple standby, you must affect the world. Tell your neighbor. You are full of good things. Amen. Let me go on. Light also represents God's word, which we all know. The word of God is light. And the book of Psalm 119, verse 105, let us understand. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I know sometimes people will ask that, what is it? What is this? Is it not the same thing? What is the meaning between lamp and light? Amen. When you go to the background of it, the word light there means it is a, a huge light. Now, like a, a big light. It's not like a lamp. And yet, how do I say it in P? And yet, um, Bobobi. Amen. It's a light that throws and gives you a broader view. And that is the word of God. In your little corner, in that darkness, the word of God may come in a very small way. But after that, the word of God can also give you a broader view in a very big way. And you say, wow! Gives you a very big access. So the word of God it's light. And the fourth thing I will say that light represents God himself. It's God himself. Himself. John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus said it. When we were troubled him and all that, he said, then Jesus spoke to them again saying, 
I am the light of the world. And this became a very serious statement. What do you mean? You are the light of the world. Are you telling us we are in darkness? Yes. And Jesus has said it over and over and over. It is not today that pastors are saying the world lives in darkness. Jesus said it so many years, thousands of years back. I've heard people say that, why do you say the world is full of darkness? Eh? I didn't say it, it's the Bible. Darkness goes with the deeds the same way as the light must go with this. That is why he said, he said that, let your works be seen. Then they will glorify your father who is in heaven. Darkness goes with some works. And the light must also come with works. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Have the light of life. That is why he said this is the true light that lightens every man that comes into the world. He himself is the light. Jesus' light. When a child is born, look at how excited the whole family becomes. We become so excited. When the child dies, it's like the whole place is full of darkness. It gives us life. And that is God himself. He gives us life. Therefore, that is why I say, if you have Christ in you, then God is in you. The light is in you. You are not, it's not now that you are going to look for the light. It's already there. That's why Jesus said, you are. You are. You are. It's not now I'm going to make you. But you are. I'm not planning to work something to let you become light. You are. And what is left for you to know or let the people know that you are is to shine. Let works come out and shine. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, What with you? The fountain is the fountain of life. In your light, we see light. In the light of God is where we see light. So in other words, God himself is the light. There is no way you can see light anywhere except God himself. If you want to know what is light, go to God. God is the light. Amen. So wherever you go as the light of the world, you are carrying God wherever you are. Therefore, we must shine. We must shine. Let me talk about the city. He said, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Look at it too. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. In other words, you are the light. You are just like a city set on a hill. Many theologians believe that when he was talking about that, the reason why he referred to a city set on the hill, you see our, our backdrop is there. Because he was standing close to a very small city that is on the hill called Safat. And so as he was talking, since you are light, then he turned around and said, a city set on a hill, it can never be hidden. Why did he refer the light and added a city that is set on the hill? 
when you build a house on a hill, the little light you put in, people from far and near will see it. If even it happens that you paint that building white, whether day, night, that building cannot be hidden. So we are set on a certain platform. Nobody can hide you. And you can't hide yourself. Think about it for a moment. You are not in an obscure situation. That is why I don't see why people can say, hey, Pastor, nobody knows me and nobody sees me. No, no, people see you. People know you. You don't understand yourself. You don't know what God is saying about you. When a house is built on a hill, how are you going to hide it? It also means that Christians cannot be secret Christians like Nicodemus. Listen, you may come to church with your Bible in your secret rubber bag as if you are going somewhere to buy something. But they see you. You better tell them that I'm a Christian. Simple. Because that name you have put on yourself, that name cannot be hidden. It is highly exalted above every name. Highly exalted above every religion. Somebody will say, if Christians are supposed to be the light of the world, then why there is darkness everywhere? The answer is very simple because we are not shining. If we begin to shine, Christianity will be on top. Because that is where we belong to. Amen. Why would you think great men before have tried to collapse and bring down Christianity? Why not other religions? Hallelujah. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. What does it mean? One, it means it can be seen from far and near. In other words, we are set on a high level. As I've said. We are set on a certain level. On a higher platform. People can see us. Close, far, they can see us. I've gone to places where I don't know. I thought nobody knows me there. Just be sitting there and say, oh, pastor. I said, eh? Pastor, how are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are you too? The person leaving, I said, ah, where from this person? Sometimes I'll call them and say, ah, where do I know you? Oh, pastor, you came to preach somewhere. Oh, so are you a member? No, I wasn't a member, but because of your program, I came there. I cannot hide. <laughs> Amen. That's what take, for instance, one person standing here, you are preaching to a lot of people. You may not know every one of them, but they are all looking at you. All of them. Somebody just came to visit, just mark you. You are walking somewhere, you are doing your own thing. They say, hey, pastor. Perhaps you have bought some roasted plantain. Oh, pastor, good afternoon. Hey, 
He should be giving us as this allowance for all these things. Because you can't eat anywhere like that, like that though. Hey! You can't be doing that. I remember one time I was going to Accra. And I, I mean, I feel like passing urine. Hey! And I kept this thing. Ah, hey! I got to motorway. I got to a certain house. Uh-huh. I did wait there. I should release it. Whatever should happen, should happen. I parked my car. I entered into the bush. The car was there. The next day, somebody said, Oh, Pastor, the man ran on crying. I said, I mean, we said, No, I don't know where I am a man, you freak, I I see this head on the hill. It can never be hidden. It can never be hidden. It's like a spotlight on you. <laughs> Somewhere last year, I remember they were talking about something and then on the radio, and then they called Usu Hansa and asked Usu Hansa, ah, Papa so for your patch or inti and nanka ayanka I said, hmm. As some will be say you. Kayan, unquiet and Johnny Bia. I am a dead. It's also called boy. It's also for no bond, Jimmy. As a mepa, dear me pepa, nekoko, atotum, and then catia. As a me, I then could dee, me jacoco, who cry, talk right your problem. Sometimes when I'm driving, I'm very hungry. You go for one meeting, you are going for the next one, you are hungry. You just want something, just something little. And when I stop and I say, I'm, I see some plantain roots, I say, ah, okay, I have to look around. Ah, slow down and look around. Ah, mm-hmm, this place is dangerous. Then I'll move. You see, the things we go through, you have no idea. You see, are very nice, like Paul said. We have become spectacle. You see, are very nice. But, hey, some of the private things, they are not easy. Why? Because you were a city set on a hill. And the same thing, we are. We are. We may move, we may do anything, we may say, this is my private life. But you were a city set on a hill. People can see you from far and near. During our prayer and fasting, January, I think the last day, I took the prayer meeting and we closed, we are going, we got stuck at uh, Mangwase, they have blocked the road because somebody knocked, a car knocked somebody there and they were so mad and they blocked all the cars. We were in the land, just there for about 30 minutes. So one man I was following managed and talk to them, ah, so they would drag the, take the stones and everything from the road. And that time, the car I was using was not my car. Hmm. The moment I got there, one guy, ah, oh, this man fully drunk. Fully drunk. You will see that this man is serious. With a big stick here, and all that is... 
The moment he saw me, I also for, also for, also for the moment uncle. With all these things. And I said to my mom, I said, hey, <laughs> even with this car. Who are you? Who are you? You are set on the hill. Tell your neighbor you were city set on the hill. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> we cannot be hidden. So two, I say, it cannot be hidden. In other words, our actions are clearly seen. Our actions are very clear. If you are coming from afar and there is a, a building on a hill and they have lied, I don't know whether you have experienced it before. And you could see sometimes if the place is very dark in the night and they are, there is light there. When the people are moving in, in, the, in the room, you can see them. You have reflection that, hey, there's movement. There's movement. Actions. They may not see you clear, but they know something is going on. They know there is a movement. We cannot be hidden. And then thirdly, I said, and then I will leave it. It is a point of reference. Just as I said, as a mark. It's a point of reference. They look up to the church. The world is looking up to the church. We are the point of reference. When they lift up their head up, they should see the church. How many times haven't we heard where president, leaders of nations, when they go through crisis, then the question they come out with, where is the church? Let the church come in. Let the church pray. Let the church talk to their people. Let the pastor speak to them. Let us go to the churches. Now even politicians, if they want power, they go to the church. A city set on the hill becomes the point of reference. Because you are high, whatever that, whoever is down there, when he goes through all these things, must look up to you. Just like you are the savior. The church is the savior of the world. That's why I like free discourse on. He said, Jesus is the answer for the world today. There is no answer anywhere. That is why you and I must let them know that we have what it takes to change the world. They should not change us. Because when the light appears in darkness, light must comprehend the darkness. Wherever we go, we must let them know that they should look up to us. As a matter of fact, you think that they are not looking up to you, but they are looking up to you. That is why when they are misbehaving in the office and you come out and you join them, they say, hey, you the Christians too. We taught. They always say, we taught. We taught. In other words, when they go bad, they should come to you and you should tell them what they should do. You are the point of reference. The point of reference in your family. The point of reference in your family. The point of reference in your office. The point of reference in your department. The point of reference in the school. The point of reference in your classroom. Wherever you are, you are the point of reference. You are the man. And you are the people, person people are looking up to for hope. That is why you should be careful how you make yourself hopeless. You can make yourself hopeless. But I say there is hope in you. 
Because in that situation, you think you are hopeless. Somebody is looking up to you. The world is looking up to you. You are the point of reference for the world. If they want to hear from Jesus, you are the point of reference. If they want good things, you are the point of reference. If they want to hear the voice of God, you are the point of reference. If they want to know where they should go, you are the point of reference. That is why you should not say that I am nobody. He said, you are the light of the world. A city when you sit on the hill, it's a mark, it's a monument. Nothing can take it out. It will remain there. It will stay there. You are solid and nothing can change your position. So you better get up and let people know that yes, you are what God says you are. I pray that God will grant you grace. I pray he will grant you mercy. Whether a mistake, I ask that God will hold you with his mercy. May he grant you the tongue of the learned and may his reflection through you become a blessing to many people. I pray that God will hold you and make you strong even in your weakest point. In your darkest hour, may the light that is in you begin to radiate out and bring you out of that land and darkness in the name of Jesus. For you are everything and everything is you. We're glad you made time to listen to this sermon. For more of these messages, please search for Reverend John Cramper on Google Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ICGC Shekinah. Stay blessed.